Hey everyone, welcome to the first playoff edition of Catfish Corner. I'm John Garcia, joined as always by Adam Vingan and Joe Rexrode. And we have a new voice on the podcast today. Uh, please welcome Anna Gallegos. Am I pronouncing that right? Yep, got my name correct. Though, all right. so, hey cool. y'all. <laughs> uh, Anna joined us, uh, USA Today Network Tennessee, uh, last week, I believe it was. Yep. Uh, so why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and your hockey background? Uh, well, I just started here at the Tennessean, but I used to be a hockey blogger for Sports Illustrated a couple years back. And prior to that, I was all about the AHL, used to cover the Houston Arrows, excuse me, before they left for Iowa to become the Wild. Sad tear right there. But. I like the Iowa Wild because I like to shorten it to the Iowa Wild. It just, it just, rolls, <laughs> just, off. Rolls, off. just rolls off the tongue a little bit more. But that's great. Thank you. It's great to have you. Uh, always good to have another hockey fan mm-hmm. in the uh, in in our midst. Um, We're growing. We are growing. Uh, just as the Predators fan base has grown exponentially over the last few years, and rightfully <laughs> so, with this team winning the President's Trophy, winning their first Central Division title, everything that comes with it, home ice advantage throughout the playoffs, and of course, we're here to discuss the first round matchup between the Nashville Predators and the Colorado Avalanche, which for all of those of you who are listening who are going to bombard me with questions about the schedule, starts on Thursday at Bridgestone Arena, 8.30 p.m. Central Start, Game 2, a nice Saturday afternoon tilt, 2 p.m. Yay. I like that. Got Big that fan. rainy Saturday in the forecast. Yes. It'll be fantastic. Big fan. So every other day, starting with Thursday, and then Games 3 and 4, in Denver, Monday and Wednesday of next week, uh, 9 p.m. Central starts for Boo. both of those games. Yeah, what is it with Nashville always getting the late starts every year? <sighs> what Actually, what's what's been beneficial in terms of um, the last couple of years with California-based teams, Anaheim in the Western Conference Final last year, and then Anaheim and San Jose in the first two rounds two years ago, is that with those games out on the West Coast, they can be the doubleheader for NBC mm-hmm. and still start at a normal time. So it can be 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific. But I remember my first year, 2015, with Chicago, I think every single game started at 8.30. So uh, you know, the, I believe that teams in the central, in the central time zone are the most um, – are the most uh, – Violated? Violated, <laughs> yes. I was looking for a word that would not be inappropriate. The most violated <laughs> in terms of um, – of start times because of that just one hour difference from the East Coast. Yeah, I mean, all these kids, you know, the families are used to bringing their kids to a nice 7 p.m. game, and now mm-hmm. what time is a kid going to get home? There's a lot of kids in those crowds, and these kids are going to get to bed at midnight and if that on a game, school if night. If it ends in regulation, if you're lucky. That's if it right. ends in regulation, we've had games that started at 8.30 that didn't end until 1.30 in the morning. This is the Mike Fisher triple overtime game. Was yeah. that a 7.30 p.m. game? That may have been 7.30 or 8.00. I still didn't end it before. It, it like, was close really late. I don't even like seven thirty starts. I mean, that like there are teams that you know the Predators are good in the sense that they start their home games, their evening. They mostly play evening games. They very rarely play afternoon games, but they start at seven o'clock. There are teams that start always start their games at seven thirty, and even though it's only a half hour later, it's a big half hour. It, it is a big half hour. This game in Florida, the one we spent the entire podcast speaking about last week, started at seven thirty with all of the goalie interference hubbub. I don't think I left BB and T Center until close to midnight, and it just you lose track of time. But yes, that half an hour, you know, that makes a huge difference. Okay. So getting into the anyway. playoff matchups, yes, we've spent a lot of time uh, complaining about the schedule, but it is what it is, and we can't do anything about it. So, Joe, the Colorado Avalanche played a fantastic game on Saturday to 
get into the playoffs and face the Nashville Predators, which is a heck of a consolation prize. This is going to be a fun playoff matchup, I think. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it is. It's going to be fun to watch. Obviously, Nathan McKinnon, Adam Vingen, you have an MVP vote. I mean, maybe he's, you know, he's in the mix there for you. He's a great player. He's definitely in the top two. He's a special player uh, playing on a tremendous line. I think the the, the one versus one matchup is going to be fun to watch here. It's going to be an up and down series. I, you guys may not agree with me, but I think it's still a better outcome for the Preds than the Blues. And I, I understand that, well, Tarasenko, maybe, I guess, if Tarasenko wasn't going to play, then I would change that. But I still think the Blues would have run roughshod over run, them, hit him a lot. Yeah, well, not roughshod, but, you know, hit him a whole bunch. They probably would have hurt somebody. They would have sucked the fun and life out of the whole thing. And they would have, it would have been a bunch of 2-1 and 3-2 games. And I think they would have probably stolen a couple. I think... Colorado, maybe I'm taking them lightly. I think they're a fun, an incredible turnaround from last year. Fun story, some terrific young talent, but I think this is a series the Predators should handle. Uh, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself in saying that, but that's just my initial thought. Is I, I, I just I like it for the from the Predators' perspective. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Um, you know, the Avalanche needed to win in regulation. That was the that was the Blues actually had a more advantageous position because they didn't have to win that game. All they had to do was get to overtime. They could have lost in overtime or even a shootout, but as long as they got through 60 minutes they were in and the avalanche uh you know piled on and they won five to two i believe was the final score um their first playoff appearance in four years and and joe mentioned really it comes down this series in my opinion we'll get into this i'm sure more in depth it comes down to how the predators neutralize nathan mckinnon who had 95 points this season, if I remember that right, and his two line mates, Gabrielle Landeskog and Miko Rantanen. Now, they they actually spent more time as together as a line this season than any other line in the league, and they were fantastic. I mean, as Joe mentioned, the Philip Forsberg, Ryan Johansson, Victor Arvidsson line have gone head-to-head with them in the games between the teams this year. I expect that to happen again. I'd be interested to see which defensive pair rolls out. You know, we know that P.K. Subban and Matias Ekholm have been a good shutdown pair, particularly in the playoffs, but Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis may also get that assignment as well. It really comes down to that. You know, the Predators are a deeper team. They're a better team. You know, the Avalanche, they have a lot They have a lot to be happy about. I mean, their turnaround, nearly a 50-point turnaround from last season when they were the worst team in the league by a, a country mile. But I'm not convinced that they have what it takes to give the Predators a significant scare. I think they could win a game or two, but I don't think it's going to be a series where the Predators might have to bite their fingernails. I think it's going to be fun to see what the Avs can bring out because, I mean, prior to the trade deadline, did really anyone expect the Avs to end up in the playoffs I mean certainly I didn't so I think they're they really are the wild card team as in like if you haven't been following the NHL closely this season there's a lot of questions about what to expect but of course you know seeing Landis Cog and McKinnon going out there especially since you know everyone's expected to like vote for McKinnon and what the heart yes yeah that you know uh great to see like the like their youth kind of exploding out there and actually you know what's going to happen to the Avs post Patrick Waugh so I think this is definitely their chance to make the mark but they're not gonna you know they're not going to pull a Nashville from last <laughs> last playoffs well it's yeah. funny that yeah, you mentioned that because I was, I was exactly thinking that that the Avs are essentially in the exact same spot the Predators were in last year, the last team to get into the playoffs, and uh, they're facing a number one seed. Although, like, no one expected the Predators really to beat the Blackhawks, much less go to the Stanley Cup final. But I think that the 
core of the Preds team last year was better than what the Avs have this year. It was supposed to be a contender, and mm-hmm. it all had also won a playoff series. Year, so you know, right, those yeah. are the differences. Exactly. I think another but, big difference when you look at that, and I, I spoke to Ryan Hartman about this last week in Washington, and I'm, I'm sure I'll be writing about it in the coming days. The Blackhawks, they clinched the Central Division in the, in the Western Conference. I don't remember exactly when, but with significant time left in the season. Mm-hmm. they they It wasn't what the Predators did where they needed game 81 to do all of that. Ryan Hartman, who was, of course, on that team, you know, since you know, and then was traded here in February, you know, said that the Blackhawks, for all intents and purposes, sort of coasted into the playoffs. They didn't, they struggled down the stretch after they clinched everything. The Predators were playing playoff caliber hockey for a while leading into the playoffs because they needed to make it and that's and so they were already in that proverbial high gear entering game one and the Blackhawks never were able to flip that proverbial switch and were behind immediately and that's why I thought that series was so dominantly in favor of Nashville it wasn't a fluke sweep as we know right there was mm-hmm. a dominant sweep four goals allowed in three games I mean, excuse me was it four was it three goals in four games I don't know it was it a was lot very, it was no, two no shutouts to start in the first two games yeah, yes, none in that, the first two you never heard that hard horrible to, song in it's the first hard, two yes games. it's hard to be it's hard it's hard to believe that was a year ago but you know the Predators are not I don't think they should be worried about that because, as I mentioned, they needed to claw, even still, to win the President's Trophy. They didn't run away with it. You know, they needed to beat the Capitals on Thursday evening, and then they needed the Panthers to beat the Bruins that night, which they did. And it was a cool scene in the locker room after the game with uh, the players gathering around cell phones and watching a stream of the, the end of the Panthers-Bruins game. But I think because of that fact that they haven't been playing for everything up until the last game of the season the game against columbus was effectively meaningless i think they are protected against a letdown like chicago experienced against them last year yeah and then you just look at the overall depth and positions on the team where nashville has the advantage in i would say every category whether it's forwards defense goaltending uh whatever you want i mean it this the predators team is stacked the avalanche uh, are not it's they're a great story and they're a fun team to watch and i think it'll be a fun playoff series but um as as far as uh first round upset goes i said it last week i'll say it again i gave them about a three percent chance of getting upset this is not something that i think anyone should be worried about which is good because that means preds fans can maybe enjoy the fire wagon hockey for a little bit longer yeah and, until that first you know that lo- that, that lo- first- they lose game one. That it, well, all hands on deck. Certainly, <laughs> if you lose one here, but even if yeah. you go out there and like drop a game three, it's you know it, it, it's the emotions in these series. They really do from game to game. It can it can switch fast. You know? But I think ultimately they'll be fine. It's been more than two years since the Avalanche beat the Predators. I mean, it was March of 2016 was the last time the Avalanche. So you're beat saying the they're due? <laughs> well, <laughs> seriously, be, that's one of those things that like Peter Laviolette would use that all week. Yeah, and they, I'm, you know, they may be due. And one thing I've noticed is that the games that these two teams play in Nashville, they're good, but they're not particularly memorable. The games in Denver, especially the two this year, were really, really good. Like, for some reason, the Avalanche at home, you know, give the Predators all they can handle. And if you remember, you know, the last time these two teams played in Denver, the Predators won to clinch their playoff spot. But it was the game in early March at the end of that road trip following the deadline where they won the game in Winnipeg 6-5 to five and, you know, and then they came back to beat Edmonton and Vancouver and they came back to beat Colorado Ryan Ellis scores the game tying goal with like a minute five left and then Philip Forsberg wins it in overtime so those games have always been good you know I, I do think I expect the Avalanche to win one game in the series I think that may be the only game they win in the series Agreed. but I, I do not believe this will be a sweep I, I think it will be a five game series 
at the at least. See, if they get it yeah. to six and get it back to Denver, to me, that's I mean, whatever. You win the series, you celebrate, and you move on. But I would be a bit surprised by that, and I would call that a big win for Colorado to get it back to Denver. You know, for a six. Yeah. You know, then you think about a three-two Predators league going into Denver for Game Six. What, what would we be talking about? It's like, whoa, these guys could force a seven at home. You know, I, I'd be surprised if they get it to that, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm not expecting a sweep. Maybe if Abs are lucky, they can push it to six game. But I'm going Preds in five. How many goals does Colin Wilson score in this series? <laughs> five. <laughs> he's had. He's actually had. I, I was surprised when I looked it up yesterday. He's had. I mean, I know he's had a last a rough couple of regular seasons in Nashville before being traded, but takes the cake this year. He only had 18 points, which was the fewest since his rookie season here in Nashville, and he received an, a career low average in ice time. He just played a sh- shade over 13 minutes a game, but of course we know Colin Wilson always saves his best for the playoffs. Yeah, so. He's going to match that 18 points in like five games. Yes. It's going to be something incredible. <laughs> Colin Wilson... Here's well, he my, really didn't do anything last playoff, though. Right, but my yeah. bold prediction yeah, he is He had a goal the, in his first game. Well, I think this, the goals that he had when he had them were pretty big. He had a big goal correctly. in the, his first game. Uh, here's my bold Here's my bold prediction. If, I, if, that, if my prediction of the Avalanche winning a game in this series is to be realized, Colin Wilson is going to score the game winner. And Samuel Girard will also... We'll have the, the primary assist. Carving that into stone right now. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Check the tape. Check the Colin stamp. Wilson from Samuel Gerrard. That will be the that'll be the game winning goal for the Avalanche, whatever <laughs> game it is. All right. So the big question on everyone's mind: How Adam Vingen mm. is Nashville going to top the playoffs this year? With we saw what happened in Nashville as far as like the atmosphere and the way that the city uh, embraced the team last year. Now, a trip to the final is kind of, uh, ex- I don't want to say expected, but, you know, it's in the minds of a lot of people in the NHL and in Nashville. What are the Predators planning on doing to capture that excitement again? Well, I think the first thing that helps is that the team is better. I mean, last year, you know, they, we, we talked about this, Joe mentioned this as well, that there were expectations for the Predators to be a good team last year. It just didn't happen until the playoffs started. So when they entered the playoffs and they were heavy underdog, you know, to the minds of most NHL fans and analysts against Chicago, I think and, there was and, and people doing podcasts who shall remain nameless. Yes, in this room. Yes, yes. So I think there was a wait. <laughs> there was a wait and see approach. Um, I think from the fan base, the, the casual fan base at large, like let's see what happens first before we devote our resources to watching this team. Then they go into Chicago, win two games via shutout. Then they're like, oh. Okay, let's watch. Then you go to see Game 3. Kevin Fiala scores an overtime winner. You're up 3 nothing on Chicago. You sweep. That's when I think the groundswell really took off, when that, when that sweep was completed. So that's where I thought last year was so great was it was novel because no it wasn't expected and it was never been had never been done before in this city. So that's why you saw the watch parties, you know, balloon from just, you know, a couple dozen diehards to, you know, crowd control barriers barriers and metro police, you know, having to make sure that no one gets unruly when it combines with CMA Fest for this, you know, amalgamation of Nashville culture all in one. So this year because they don't have that, because everyone's expecting it. You know, I, I spoke to Predator, uh, Predators president and CEO Sean Henry last week. You know, he said they've invested at least two and a half times more resources into the presentation of the playoffs this year than they did last year. And they've been planning for this 
since last summer. You know, knowing that this team may be back in this situation, what are we going to do in order to get you know the fans excited for something that they've already kind of seen? And you know, he mentioned that the you know he didn't you know divulge specifics because he wants to keep it a surprise, but you know, hinted at you know some elaborate pregame presentation. It sounds like the anthem singers are going to be back in terms of the high-profile country artists and Grammy winners. So, yeah, they'd be fools not to bring that back. Yeah, so I, I do think that. You know, that all plays into it. But I think the biggest thing is that this team is better. They have the President's Trophy winners. You know, they were the best team in the league, you know, for a large swath of it. And, you know, there are expectations that there will be a Stanley Cup parade down Broadway two months from now. So I think because of that, right from the start, fans are going to be more excited. So I think that helps in bringing everyone back together. It's a frenzy from the start. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm curious on your take, too, because we on this podcast talk a lot about, you know, people outside of the hockey world and in other cities, Mm -hmm. you know, learning about Nashville becoming this, you know, it's it's been a hockey market for a little bit, but you really saw it last year. uh, And, you know, you were out of state during the run last year. I'm curious what your thoughts were as far as what your ex- what you knew about Nashville and the hockey team and its culture and its fans and everything like that and if that changed or not during the final last year or during the cup run that they had. So I was living in Austin, Texas last year while um, the playoffs were going on and it was always that, you know, Hockey in the South was a little bit, you know, kishy occasionally, you know, walking around to see someone in like a Penn's jersey or a Caps jersey. But actually like going out to like sports bars in Texas during the playoffs and seeing people in the Preds um, jersey. It's like people in Preds jersey. There was actually people in Preds jersey. Keeping Austin weird. Keeping Austin. (laughs) No, it wasn't just hipsters, you know, jumping on. But it was like everyone who had any connection to Tennessee decided to like come out of the woodwork and show it and that was actually pretty cool because it's like being in a state that is definitely not known for hockey sorry Dallas Stars but you know just to like see like a state that's not that close to Tennessee like embrace kind of the run all of a sudden for the Preds it was actually kind of awesome and it took hockey in the south from no longer being like oh yeah it's there it's kind of this kishy thing to actually you know it's a dominant sport come on people like pay attention kind of put us on scene a little bit so be brutally honest did you think the whole time like did you find it annoying at all because i always wondered that because we were so wrapped up in it but like did people because at some point people get sick of anything right Mm -hmm. like did you did you think like the all the scenes all the attention was all good or did it get tiresome at all it, I think it was like on a whole, it was good. The whole catfish thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you, Anna. It was a, it was a wee bit of a shame as a Texan to see people uh, wasting catfish on the ice. <laughs> catfish is good. Yes. It's very good stuff, you know, if it's cooked I'm well. A, I'm a catfish. Have you ever eaten catfish, yes. Adam? Yes. Okay, I thought I you said last year you'd never had then it. I, then I then I went ahead and did it. because You had to I see had what all the hype was about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and, there and, are better fish to eat than catfish. So I'm okay if you want to throw them. <laughs> well, they're still pretty in. good. I mean, now if it was like if the predators had an association with grouper or tuna, then I would be a little more offended because those are more delicious. Don't throw that salmon. No swordfish on the ice or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. Sorry. Well, that would be a little bit. That would be a, a hazard. You, you might know? actually need to arrest people yeah. if there were swordfish yeah, probably flying around. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I mean that's interesting, Anna, because. You know, as Joe said and John said, we were kind of wrapped up in it. We were on our own little bubble, so we couldn't really take the, you know, the macro view of what was happening. I'm curious to see, actually, 
this season, if if the Predators go as far as they did last year, if not further, and that groundswell grows, and you know the fandom is is Stanley Cup peak, Stanley Cup final peak in April. If people start getting sick of the oh, Nashville people Predators. outside of Nashville are going to get sick of the Nashville Predators, like, fans, you, I wonder, and their fans, I, absolutely. I wonder if now it's guaranteed. I wonder if now the Nashville Predators sort of assume the role of the Chicago Blackhawks in the sense that there are the so t- many Preds fans listening to this podcast are just hold crazy. on, hold on, <laughs> hear me out, hear me out. When the, when the Blackhawks came. You know, when the Blackhawks resurrected themselves 10 years ago, you know, it was exciting because, I mean, it, it was a historic team. You know, they had all these young players. You know, people were happy to see Chicago, you know, the fandom of Chicago. Remember, games in Chicago were blacked out. They were, there was, there was that little interest. It was the, quickly annoying, but yes, the, you're yeah, right. But it, 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 was, but it became yes. quickly annoying. And think yeah. about how many hockey fans are dancing on Chicago's grave for not making the playoffs. Like, I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen with national this year but if the Predators continue to have this sort of success maybe they win a cup or two or they're regularly in the mix I do think in some ways that if the Predators have a slip up there is not going to be the oh shucks there's going to be like good riddance like I wonder if that actually does happen well, at some point. I think that happens in sports all the time like oh, yeah, you know yeah. once people start winning a lot you just start hating the winners I'm a Duke mm-hmm. fan I've been living with this my entire <laughs> life so I, I get it I get it yes so yes Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it'll flip fast because, you know, they were the eight seed last year. I mean, it was it was this great story, and everybody could embrace it. And now they're the big all bad. year they've mm-hmm. been at the top of the league, and, and uh, yeah, it'll uh, pe- people will, will revel if they fall short this year. Yeah. A lot of people around the NHL. So do you guys want to start getting into the nitty-gritty of our let's Stanley Cup predictions? Yes. Gonna, where, are we, where do we start? Uh, John and Anna have their brackets ready. Yeah, I do. Oh, also, I have to mention this to people that are listening. Uh, my dog filled out a bracket. <laughs> we, have a, we will have, or do have, depending on the timing of when you're listening to this, uh, a video of him picking all that we had, like little plush mascot type things, like of all the NHL teams, and we had him go and pick his favorites. Uh he went a little bit off board, which I think is fun. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll be comparing his bracket as well. Uh, let's go ahead and just start with uh, in the West because we already talked about the Preds versus the Avs, and I think everyone has them in five games. Yeah, let's go around the room just to make our picks clear about Predators and Avalanche. Let's start with Joe. Yeah, Preds in five. Anna. Preds in five. Yeah, Preds in five. Preds in five. Let's, there let's you go. clean sweep there. So well, not right. really a clean sweep of a five game series. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty clean. Okay, so. <laughs> yes. uh, Jets and Wild, the 2-3 matchup. Uh, I think this is going to be not a, really a series that I'm going to be paying that much attention to personally. Even though it's the series that most impacts the Predators, <laughs> right? right. But, it's, but when, you look at, when you look at it, I mean, the, we know how good the Winnipeg Jets are. We've seen the games that they played against Nashville. They seemingly never lose. I mean, my, my, father, my father follows along, and you know, whenever we talk about it, he goes, the Jets just don't lose. They just never lose. And I, I agree with that. I mean, they, they're really good at home. I mean, you saw the games that the Predators have given them this season. You know, 40-plus combined goals scored. The Jets, excuse me, the Wild have an issue that Ryan Suter – who Predators fans are probably booing as they listen to this just you know, out of habit. <laughs> I can hear uh, it. I can hear it from here. He's out for the rest of the season, like, like, not coming back at all. Like he had a terribly fractured ankle, I believe, yeah. so or foot, and he's done. And he is, you know, a minutes-munching defenseman, as Predators fans know. That changes the complexion big time. Now the Wild, 
have a great team. Um, they've got a lot of players that can, you know, change the change the force uh, of a series. I mean, Eric Stahl, for some reason, has 40-plus yeah, goals you, this year. Can you believe that guy? Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, Jason Zucker, Miku Koivu, you have a good team there. But I think the loss of Ryan Suter is huge. I think this series is wrapped up fairly quickly. I'm going to go Jets in five. Yeah, I'm going to pick the same thing just for that reason. Like, the reason that I'm not really paying attention to this series is because I think it's, for all the reasons that you mentioned, uh, it looks pretty solid. I mean, the Jets are an amazing team, and I think that they're, when we'll get to this, that I think that they're going to be the biggest challenge to the Preds getting back to the conference final. Um, also, I buried the lead a little bit. Buster picked the Avs, so he is the only person that I've heard of so far <laughs> that is uh, predicting the, the 8-1 upset right now. So uh, you, heard, you heard it Buster. here first. What kind of dog is Buster? Uh, he is a lab boxer mix. Oh, nice. He'll be six years old next month. Oh. So he's, We he's love dogs. Guy. Yeah. And he didn't like, um, I heard from Autumn Allison, who did the video, that mm-hmm. he did not like the catfish Yeah, so we didn't go with the doll. saber-toothed tiger. We didn't the yeah, doll. we didn't go with the Nash because, surprisingly, the Preds Pro Shop, for once, did not have one of those available. They just weren't available. So really? we went with the next closest plushy thing, which was a catfish, and he did not care in his, de- in, his, care for <laughs> in his defense it, it's like it looks like a whale with whiskers yeah so maybe he was just yeah he liked the that. saint bernard a lot <laughs> I, I actually took that home with me and he has been playing with yes, it of course <laughs> bernie for those who know don't know is the avalanche's mascot it's, okay. a, it's a bernie you know so yeah buster's got the uh buster's got the avs uh and then he also has uh winnipeg beating the wild okay so, so he's back on course yeah so he's back on course so uh both of us have uh have the jets over the wild hannah I, of course, pick the Jets. I mean, without Ryan Suter, blue line leader for the Wild. Wild are pretty much shot not expecting a sweep from the Jets. Um, I do kind of have a little affinity for the Wild, having covered the Arrows back in the day. But so I'm giving it to the Jets in five. Um, Joe? Like, this is one of those series I actually, I still think we all would have gone, uh, yeah, the Jets will take care of this. And it, I think it could have been interesting. Like, this is one of those that you instantly are like, eh, but then, you know, the Wild, I could, could have seen them hanging in. But yeah, Jets in five. Then, as John and I know, having lived in the Washington, D.C. metro area, you can never count on Bruce Boudreaux to coach a team far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yep. Mm-hmm. We, the, 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 the sample size is too large at this point. So even even without, even without if they had Ryan Suter, you're still kind of iffy about picking. Well, look how they played last year against St. Louis in the first round. Yeah. It was a huge not, disappointment. Not great. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the next one we got up is uh, Knights and Kings. This will be interesting. Yeah. This is an interesting I, one. I, I was torn on this one, but I have the you, – you go first. This is an interesting one because in my personal opinion, Joe and I talked about this as they were still trying to formulate the Pacific Division half of the bracket. We both agreed, right, that if the Knights drew the Ducks, Ducks fairly – Quack all quack, day. Quack all day. The Kings are interesting because, you know, they, they haven't – you know, they haven't um, – they haven't made a lot of – uh, headlines this year, but I mean, Jonathan Quick just won the Jennings Trophy as the goalie who played for the team that allowed the fewest goals. Andre Kopitar is a surefire MVP candidate. I mean, Dustin Brown, you know, the, almost scored thirty goals right, this resurrected. year. Resurrected. He, he just had four in a game, if I if I recall correctly. He resurrected his career. You know, Jeff Carter is out for a long time, but he's come back. He had a hat trick recently. I, I really do think that the LA Kings, with their experience. With all due respect to the Vegas Golden Knights, whose season has been incredible, you know they deserve every accolade they've received, not just from a hockey standpoint, but from an interest standpoint. You know the game I covered there was one of the most uh, entertaining, just in terms of the vibe in the building and the game itself. I think the Kings 
will beat the Knights. I don't think it's going to be a short series. I think it's going to take seven. But I do think the Kings are going to eliminate the Golden Knights in seven games. Uh, I actually am going to go Kings in six. Okay. Uh, I like the way that the Kings have been playing. Joe, you and I talked about our playoff predictions as far as who we thought were going to be in there. Um, and I, if I remember correctly, at the time, the Kings weren't doing very well. And a lot of that had to do with Jeff Carter being out of the lineup. But they started the season as one of the best teams in the league, fell off after his injury, and then started pulling it back together. You look at Drew Doughty on the back end. The Kings don't, or I'm sorry, the Knights don't have a Drew Doughty. They don't have a Norris caliber defenseman, which is huge when you're talking about the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then there are still a lot of players on this team that won a couple of cups with the Kings. They have that playoff experience. And again, no disrespect to the Vegas Golden Knights, but they really don't when it comes to the playoffs. I didn't playoffs. even mention Drew Doughty in that, by the way, yeah. you know, who's a <laughs> Norris Trophy candidate perennially. So that's another thing you have to factor in there. Too. Exactly. So, yeah, I just think that with everything lining up, I think that the Kings match up very well. And they're honestly a dark horse for me for uh, most of the playoffs. So I'm going Kings in six. Uh, Buster also has the Kings. Anna? I'm going to be devil's advocate and pick Knights in seven. Okay. Only because I always think like the Knights, they're a pesky team. And I think they're going to finally break the um, expansion team being like the worst, being the terrible team in they their first have. season. They already so have. like I want to still doubting them like, yeah. you guys. like me. Yeah. <laughs> right, absolutely. <laughs> so I say Knights in seven. All right. Knights and seven, baby. They're All gonna. Right. They're they've split. got one more magic series. They've got a magic series in them to con- finish this amazing story, and then reality will hit. But you know, I think this is an incredible goaltending matchup. Quick and Flurry, oh, yeah. and, and Flurry's mm-hmm. healthy now, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing for them. I love the way they play. I think. I think that the home ice in a playoff series will manifest itself in this series and i think that they'll win their home games and get past them all right a little split there i like it they're gonna try and not lock the king's players in the casinos so that they stay (laughs) up all night they probably (laughs) stay it's funny because i've actually talked to different teams about you know broadcasters and team employees about where different teams stay in las vegas um, and a lot of teams are very interested in staying at the Mandarin Oriental, which is a very nice hotel, much out of our price range. But it doesn't have a casino in it, and it doesn't allow smoking. So, I, so as long as you're staying in the, staying away from the bright lights, I think the Vegas flu. You know, I think that the, they probably still have bars in there, but yeah, yes. But you know, you're not you're not distracted by the the bright lights and the the Clint, you know the the ching and all that stuff that can easily distract the rest of us. So the toughest series in my opinion to predict ducks and sharks yes that is yeah. a tough one uh joe do you want to start off this yeah, we'll go this sure yeah uh, you know this is first of all uh, the sharks have completely blown this they're playing really poorly right now they should be they should have home ice right now the ducks uh, to me this would be a slam dunk if cam fowler were healthy yeah uh you know because I just I think the Ducks are destined. Frankly, I think the Ducks are destined to play the Predators Do we know again. John Gibson's status. Uh, I, think I think Ryan Miller might is is he is that last I heard that he was supposed to be o- o- okay. okay to play. Yeah, okay. I, and I was looking at some things from yesterday. I don't know. If You're okay with today. Ryan Miller if you have to go with Ryan Miller. Yeah, of course, but he hasn't really been the Ryan Miller that he was seven years ago. Though that's that's the X factor though <laughs> yes, because you know that Ryan Miller was a great goaltender at one point. Can he do that again? Maybe for a series. Yeah, but I agree with Joe about Cam Fowler anyway. Yeah, so no, I'm still going Ducks. I, 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 I still think now they've got enough guys healthy. Henrik was a really good addition, and that's helped them. I think they have enough depth. 
and I know I know Adam's going to make a case for the Sharks, and there's a case to be made, but I just I think the Ducks are destined to to uh, face the Predators again. Although I'm giving away too much of my pitch. <laughs> yeah, when when you look at this series, I mean, Joe makes a lot of great points. The Ducks always have this habit of being really good in the second half of the season, and a lot of it is because they they're hurt a lot. You know, Ryan Kessler didn't sh- play until nearly halfway through the season. You know, I think Ryan Getzloff missed He's some out time. For a long time. You know, Corey, Corey Perry's, Perry's missed been some hurt. time. Yeah. Cam Fowler. You know they, but once they get once they get it together, like this is a team that knows, like we'll be okay in April. Like so, they if they take if they have to take their sweet time to qualify for the playoffs, they usually are able to do it. The thing that intrigues me about this series is there's one X factor in this series, Evander Kane, because he has never played. He you know traded from Buffalo to San Jose at the trade deadline for as long as he's been in the NHL, starting with Atlanta, then they transformed to Winnipeg, and then being traded to Buffalo, has never played a playoff game in his NHL career. He's been a great fit in San Jose. Had a four-goal game, I think, one of his first games. I think it was against the Flames. So I think there's some sort of, you know, there's extra juice there for him. Plus, you know, it's hard it's hard to pick against a team that has such experienced hands like Joe Pavelski and Logan Couture and Brent Burns. Joe Thornton may not be there, That's which, which, which yeah. hurts. But I think they have just enough to get through this series. So, you know, I think this is this is the ultimate coin flip series. Yeah. I think this is mm-hmm. back and forth as it gets. But I'm just going to say that Game Seven, you know, we're going to get some you know some big time heroics from you know Joe Pavelski or Brent Burns or you know somebody who you know Jonas Donskoy or you know someone <laughs> along the lines of Barclay that. Barclay Goudreau. Barclay Goudreau, great name. Sounds like the villain in a 1980s you know teen flick. But <laughs> I'm going to go with Sharks and Seven. Yeah, Joe, you've really got me second guessing this pick. Uh, honestly, like look, you're you're making the case, and I want to switch, but I'm not going to because I wrote my stuff down in pen, so I'm going to stick with it. Uh, I've got the Sharks going for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, Adam. Uh, you know. Brent Burns did not start the season very well, but turned it on really well towards the back half of the season and is probably in Norris consideration as well. Um, Even if he's not a front runner candidate, he's still in the conversation. Um, And then I think the Sharks will go uh, maybe not as far as Martin Jones can take them, but he's going to got to play really, really well, especially if John Gibson isn't ready to go, because those are two goaltenders that can both be really good or can both be really bad. They're not ever that like solid, steady, what you're looking for type of goaltenders. They kind of go up and down. Um, so I think if the Ducks play their bruising, annoying style that they usually play, they could get into the heads of the Sharks and have a chance to win. But I think that the Sharks are going to pull this one out. So I'm going uh, Sharks, I'll say, seven games. All right. Anna? I always appreciate a Battle of California, but I haven't been following Californian teams as closely as I should have this year. But I am definitely going with the Sharks because this is just mostly personal. I don't want to see Ryan Kessler or Corey (laughs) Perry take someone's eye out, especially if they end up meeting the Preds. You you got to wonder who, who next among... Who, what, uh, who next among Ryan Kessler's family and friends will Ryan Johansson question their allegiance to, to Ryan Kessler? going to wonder why his dogs haven't run away from him. I think yeah, that's, yeah. The next, that's the next one. Why is his mailman delivering his mail still? You know, like that, just just for the sheer, like, I, I want the Ducks just for the sheer, like, I, you know, we were robbed of, you know, Ryan Kessler versus Ryan Johansson to the extreme mm-hmm. last year because Ryan got, Ryan Johansson got injured. But man, another conference final with those two. Like, just 
it's worth it just for that. You just want your stories oh, yeah. to write themselves. Yeah, That's it's really worth it, it just for that, but I'm still going with San Jose. Okay, and uh, Buster has San Jose as well. So, uh, uh, so I'm the lone wrong. duck. Yeah. You're the, lone yeah. duck. Wow. You're the okay. ugly duckling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving over to the east, we've got uh, the Lightning versus the Devils. Uh, Anna, do you want to start with this one? Okay. Um, assuming that Stamkos can stay healthy, Lightning all the way. Mm. I especially want to see what um, McDonough can bring on the defensive end, uh, coming from New York. And of course, you can't count off can't count out uh, whatever Kutrov is going to be bring. So Stamkos and Kutrov, I'm Lightning all the way. Maybe the Devils can pull out a game. Not expecting a, expecting a sweep, but definitely going Lightning in five. Yeah, I think the Lightning are. Uh Sorry, I didn't mean to jump on Joe there. That's fine. <laughs> the Lightning, um, you know, they, they petered down the stretch. They needed the Bruins to lose on Sunday evening mm-hmm. to clinch the East and the, and the Atlantic Division. Uh, you know, they were leading the league for, essentially through the entire season, but then lost that in late March and, and, and weren't able to recover the Predators. You know, winning, winning in Tampa certainly, you know, made probably close that case for Tampa. But... You know, they're a good team. They are a really good team. Um, Nikita Kucherov, I still think, deserves to be an MVP consideration. He was the MVP at that midway point. But then a lot of other guys picked up their game. Um, and he Such as Taylor Hall. Such as Taylor Hall on the other side. The thing that concerns me about the Devils is that, you know, Taylor Hall is – maybe, you know, I think I may be putting him in as my MVP based on the fact that, you know, McKinnon, is, McKinnon and Hall are my two. But Hall was so drastically – above like in terms of like his production versus the rest of his teammates was like there was like a 40 point gap between like him and the second leading scorer on the devils which i think was nico he keith kincaid potentially in that i mean he, i believe he, he is starting he, no one. he is he had a great second half enough to push Corey schneider to the bench but you know Corey schneider is a tested goalie you know keith kincaid being thrust into a playoff situation for the first time against the highest scoring team in the nhl you know taylor hall can only do so much this is going to be my only sweep I think the Lightning in four. I think they neutralize uh, Hall to Anna's point about Ryan McDonough and, and the rest of the former New York Rangers all over the Lightning <laughs> roster. There's JT like a, Miller's been terrible. JT up. Miller's had a great season, but it's like there's at least five or six former Rangers on that team that has the experience of going to the cup final and, and winning President's Trophy. So I'm going to go with the clean sweep here. I think the Lightning take make quick work of the Devils. That's four, bold. Four games. That's bold. Joe? Yeah, I, I actually, you know, I, I, I think they'll handle them but i'll say like lightning in five uh, you know i think uh the way the devils play they're aggressive you know and, and as you guys said kincaid has been red hot and that's you know that can be an equalizer but i i agree i think the lightning will figure things out after kind of fading late and uh make pretty quick work of them yeah i i agree with you uh i'm picking the lightning uh i don't think we any of us have mentioned victor hedman in this conversation oh, yet yeah. which is that, that that's a heck of a guy to to overlook um so that's if mcdonough can't neutralize hall you've got hedman right there to do that right. as well and they have so many great young players yeah. yanni gord and Braden mm-hmm. point like that yeah. team is that really team good. is stacked, um, and I'm sure really that we'll good. be talking about them here in a couple minutes. Uh, but yeah, I have the the Lightning. Uh, I'm going to pick a five game. I'm not bold enough, Adam, to pick a sweep. Uh, just it's not in me. Buster, however, is going with the upset. Ah, yeah, he's going with the Devils. Ooh. So Preds fans, don't be so mad that he picked the Avalanche because he is not giving any respect to the Lightning either. Uh, so your he, dog's a devil worshiper. Apparently. <laughs> the <yeah>. devil. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do my Seinfeld one. I had to do my Seinfeld, <laughs> my Seinfeld bit in there. Anyway. Okay, and then 
probably the next hardest matchup to predict is the uh, Bruins and the Maple Leafs. This is another coin flip series. Uh, Adam, do you want to start with this one? Sure. You know, the Bruins, you know, good on them for, I think they sort of arrived ahead of schedule. I think this, Mm -hmm. they kind of went through a quote unquote, like, I wouldn't say it wasn't a rebuild. It was like a soft rebuild. Like, but, you know, they still have their veteran core, Brad Marchand, Zdeno Chara, um, Tuka Rask, uh, David Krejci, you know, but, you know, you've got younger guys too, David Pasternak in there as well. McAvoy. Yeah, Charlie McAvoy. It's a good, it's a good looking team. You know, there's just something about the Maple Leafs though. Like the, you know, we saw it last year in the first round. They gave the Washington Capitals a lot to handle. Yep. They are, uh, you know, we saw it here in uh, Nashville when the Maple Leafs were here that ended the Predators' 15-game point streak. You know, the Predators were not on their game that night, and the Maple Leafs were. And you could see the vast difference of the two teams when they're when one is not playing its game and the other one is. The Maple Leafs are fast. They're skilled. I mean, you know, I think half of their team is probably not allowed to drink in the United States of America. But, <laughs> you mean, you can't when you have Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and William Nylander and, you know, Freddie Anderson is, is a workhorse among workhorse goaltenders. You know, that's a great series just from a rivalry standpoint. You know, I think the Bruins, I think this is going to go seven again. And we've seen what happens in game sevens between the Bruins and the Maple Leafs in the past. Heartbreak City. But I do think that the Maple Leafs exact a small measure of revenge. And I think the Leafs win in seven. To be fair, I know that that uh, storyline is going to get resurrected so many times, especially if there is a game seven, because hockey media loves doing that type of stuff. Speak for yourself. Man, Austin Matthews was probably, what, like two years old? No, he wasn't that young. But, I mean, the the kids that are on the Maple Leafs now, they don't care that they lost in seven games and was 2013 right like you have like Nazem Kadri and Tyler Bozak who may yeah, remember that, it, but that's you know, it that's... and uh, I mean you look at Austin Matthews scored 34 goals in 60-ish games I mean if he missed time if he did not miss so much time as he did with an injury he maybe could have been in the Rocket Richard conversation the goal he scored here was pretty nice yeah I I, it was and he had that uh, goal where he like flipped it up and then flipped it again and hit it out of midair against the Canadians earlier in the season but they're just so stacked with talent um, and I don't think that you can also um, discount uh, the role that Patrick Marlowe has been playing mm-hmm. on that team. I mean, he's here's another one who you didn't know where he was going to go at the end of the last season, and now he's another 20-goal scorer again for the Maple Leafs. So, and then you look at how the Boston Bruins kind of backed in a little bit to the season. They did not play their best hockey down the stretch. Um, I think it's going to be a tough one, and I... I I want to say that the Bruins can pull it out, and I can see where they would do that, but I'm going Maple Leafs in seven. I'm going with the Leafs, but this is, like, the worst draw for the Leafs to play Boston because, like, I have total faith in Toronto's uh, uh, top two lines with their youth, but on the back end, mm, not really consistent there, and Boston's just going to wear them down, so I do agree that they're going to go to seven games, but if Toronto makes the divisional finals, I don't have much faith in them after that. They're just going to be tired. So Bruins in seven, it sounds like. <laughs> no, I'm actually going with the, the Leafs. Oh, Leafs. Leafs. Yeah. She's picking the Leafs, but she's not uh, To be worn down. Ah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Joe? Well, the other day, we Adam and I and a few other people after the last regular season game went through our conference final picks, but I, at that point, I picked the Bruins, but I assumed they were going to beat the Panthers and would not have to face this series. Uh, so I'm switching from that, Adam. Okay. 
I'm, I, yeah, I'm going to go Toronto too. Um, you know, I mean, I, maybe it's maybe it all just was a, a continued conspiracy to make that Florida Panthers documentary <laughs> as good as possible. Had like, very sad. You had to end on a, well, you had to end a win at least. You know, a nice happy moment. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think Toronto's too good. I think Toronto. Uh, it's just it's too bad. I mean, we're gonna have to complain about this at some point. Probably a lot going into the second round when it's Preds Winnipeg and they shouldn't be playing until the conference final. But again, just play one through eight. Yeah, do, this yeah. is stupid. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. So it's a whole other podcast, you know. So you can just, but I, I think that the the Maple Leafs have too much offensive firepower for the Bruins, and I'm I'm going to go Toronto in six. Right. So Buster's going off board again from everyone. He's picking the Bruins <laughs> to win. Let's move so, to the Metro. Yeah, we got it. So we've got Caps and Columbus. Ooh. Anna, you want to take this one? Um, I think that Washington can finally pull it out, break their playoff curse. So I think this is going to be an easy first round for them. Oh, easy CBJ. first round. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. <laughs> against CBJ. So um, I'm going to say Washington in five. Okay. Well, that's, uh, that's bold. I like that. I mean, we just saw the Washington Capitals. You know, they have a very interesting situation happening in their crease. We saw how good Philip Grubauer was in that game against Nashville. Uh, You know, they, they, you know, the Predators gave it all they could and they eventually broke through. I I love the slow motion replay, by the way, of Ryan Johansson's game winning goal as Philip was trying to reach for the puck as it skittered across the, skittered across the goal line. Very interesting. Uh, you know that Barry Trotz has said uh, that he knows who's going to start game one. He hasn't told either goalie who that is yet. He's obviously not going to share it with people of our ilk. But Maybe if the media asks just one more yeah, time. Yes. I actually think the Capitals are a more impressive team this year than in the previous two seasons when they won the President's Trophy. Because when this season started, nobody thought they were going to win the Metropolitan Division. Yeah, they had to they had to strip a lot of players away for salary cap reasons. They had to find a lot of retreads and young players like Devontae Smith Pelly and Alex Chason and Jacob Vrana and Madison Bowie, you know, and then of course Philip Grubauer, you know, players that weren't necessarily heralded as much as a Justin Williams or a Carl Alsner or a Marcus Johansson, and they were able to win. You know, Alex Ovechkin, another great season, nearly got 50 the other night. He nearly got like 55 yeah, goals. Yeah, he had like 40 <laughs> shot attempts, I think. I actually think this Capitals team is more impressive than the, the President's Trophy winners of the past two years. Uh, I think Columbus is a very good team, especially if Sergei Bobrovsky is on his A game. Which is um, a big um, question mark. I've been very impressed with the maturation of Seth Jones. I mean, I knew it was going to happen when he was traded, but, you know, he's become an all-star top pairing defenseman. You know, the the the, the uh, Blue Jackets have enough plucky players like Brandon Dubinsky and Nick Foligno and and Cam Atkinson and of course you have Artemi Panarin in there now as well. Give him a little skill. So I don't think it's going to be as easy as Anna thinks it is. But I think the Capitals are going to win in six games. Yep, same here. Caps in six, and I think you go Grubauer over Holtby, and you ride that, and you just have a different feel, and you can play free, and you don't have the weight of the expectations. And I look at the Capitals, and I think this I, maybe. It could trots, be the air. It could be. Trots in Nashville in June. I, I don't know. Oh, just, stories just a thought. Themselves. Yeah, but, I know. I, I agree 100%. You go with Grubauer and then just ride that. And it's uh, it's pretty good to have a Vesna winner on your bench back, backing you up. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, Adam, to a lot of your points, I mean, the Capitals – 
looked like that all the changes that they went through in the offseason were going to hamper them. And November, December wasn't were awful months for them. But when they, they came here and got their butts kicked. Yeah, exactly. But they, they pulled out of that. Uh, Brian McClellan they made uh, some good depth defenseman trades uh, during the offseason. Michael Kempney. Michael Kempney and uh, Jacob uh, Yerebeck to yes. bring them in to kind of push the rookies that were struggling down and limit Brooks Orpik's ice time. Uh, it's still kind of hard to look at because their, uh, their uh, analytics aren't really that good, but how much of that is from earlier in the season right. or not. But um, I, I like the way that they played down the stretch. I think it's going to be a uh, raucous seven-game series, but I think the Capitals pull it out. Buster agrees with me. Well, we've got one more ser- first-round series to get to. And, and then we'll, we'll wrap quick, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll quick, yeah, quick, quick, quick. We'll quick it up. But the battle, the Pennsylvania, you know. Pencil- I haven't heard that one before. Yes, Pennsylvania, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Philadelphia Flyers. Always great to watch those teams play because they absolutely despise each other. You know, as of course we know several years ago. Six years ago, Pierre Laviolette. Pierre Laviolette had to be restrained, like was trying to jump over the bench to tackle Tony Granado as all hell hell broke loose. (laughs) So I look at this series and look, we know how Predators fans feel about the Pittsburgh Penguins, right? We know how most hockey fans outside of Pittsburgh feel about the Pittsburgh Penguins. They will, they will not unequivocally, they will not, win the Stanley Cup this year. It's just, it seems impossible to win the Cup three years in a row. But Which I, means that they're going to do it. Yes, now. but I don't think Good that job. they're way going to... Way to, to reverse jinx them. Yes, <laughs> the jinxes don't exist. But then I think, I think they're just... I look at Philadelphia, you know, Claude Giroux, great season. You know, they've got, you know, Sean Couturier had a breakthrough year. You know, you've got Jakob Voracek. Um, their goalie situation is a little, you know, Peter Morazic is fine, but, you know, he has the tendency to have pretty crappy games at, from time to time. But then you have a Stanley Cup tested team, obviously. So I don't think the Penguins are going to win the Stanley Cup, but I don't think that their run towards a third consecutive cup is going to end in the first round. I've got Penguins in six. Uh, I also have Penguins. I believe I have them in seven. You don't have James Neal going around trying to kill Claude Giroux this season, <laughs> which is, I'm sure, Claude Giroux appreciates. But, yeah, that's going to be just a, a grinder of a playoff series. But I, I can't count on the Pens until they, they screw up and lose lose the series. So I think that the Flyers do have a chance to beat them. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it did, but I'm going Pens in seven. Anna? So I think Peter Marazic was a good pick for the Flyers to like push him into third. But, I mean, he doesn't really have the playoff experience and going against Kessel, Crosby, and Malkin. I mean, those three are a sure bet. So I am going Pens in five. Okay. Joe, wrap it up. Yeah, I'll, I'll say Pens in six. You know, I, I think uh, it'll be intense and all that. And I, I, I would be surprised, though. If the Flyers yeah, won? Yeah, I mm-hmm. would be. I mean, I'm with you. I, I don't think the Pens are going to win it all this year, but... They still have the championship DNA, so I, I think they'll get through this relatively unscathed and, you know, face tougher tests, obviously, to come. So should we go with our Stanley Cup final pick? Let's wrap it up that way? We can do that. Uh, Buster agrees with you, by the way. He's picking the pens. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Buster and I. So based on what Same you page. got, based on all the things that we got, let's go around the room. We can start with John. What is your Stanley Cup final pick? If you want to pick the champion, you can. No, no, I, I'm going to. I've been right. saying it for for months. The Preds are going to win the Stanley Cup this year. I, I, I'm not. I'm not deviating from that. I just look at this team and think that they're going to win every single night, and they always do. And they always make it. Sometimes they make it look harder than it is. Sometimes they make it look easier than it is. It's just what they're going to do. Uh, I have them playing the Tampa Bay Lightning, okay. and what is sure to be final that gives the 
NHL heart palpitations thinking about it because of the markets involved, but that hockey fans are just going to eat up and enjoy. And I have that the Preds lifting the cup after six games. Two proven markets, though, with two yeah. proven "quote unquote" non-traditional markets. Gary sure. yeah. Bettman's dreaming away I mean, Tampa, for the like Tampa, you said. They like know, the original six team yeah. to be in there too. Yeah. yeah, I mean Tampa has a great um, Tampa has a great um, you know pedigree of, of, of fan base. I mean the game and, and the game on Easter Sunday in Tampa against the Birders was great. Um, and of course they win regularly. They've won the cup. So I, I think that'll be good. I, I'm going to, you know what, you know, I think people who listen to me under, who have followed my time here at the Tennessee Inn for three years know that I, you know, I don't really possess many Homerish qualities, but I do believe that the Predators will win the Stanley Cup. I think that it's going to be incredibly tough. Um, I think that the Jets are going to absolutely push them to their limit in the second round um i picked the i think the sharks are going to advance out of the pacific division we've seen that playoff series before but i think the predators are an overall better team so i look at it like this um i think the predators are going to win the stanley cup i'm still kind of figuring out exactly who my stan my eastern conference representative is i'm hedging i'm leaning towards tampa you have to make a pick right i'm now. leaning towards lean. tampa but here pick. we go here we go i'm going predators maple leafs as a Stanley Cup final, yeah, I, I think that I, I agree with Anna in some capacity that like you know their defense isn't great, but like I think these kids are just gonna go nuts. Like I think Austin Matthews and William Nylander and they're just gonna go nuts. Freddie Anderson is gonna stand on his head and make like fifty saves in like a deciding Game Seven in the Eastern Conference Final against whomever they play. So I think the Predators are going. It's going to be an interesting. It's going to be an interesting. Um, view of markets you know you have toronto the center of the hockey universe versus the national predators who are trying to become part of that as well i'm gonna go with the predators gonna win the stanley cup and they're gonna do it in six games interesting anna i my matchup is lightning and uh, nashville i am going to pick the lightning for thank goodness this is a total homer <laughs> podcast thank you anna yeah. please do not chase me out of nashville i've only been living here for a couple of weeks you're voted off the island <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think the Lightning is going to have like an easy hand going against Toronto in the divisional finals, and then you know skate through probably the Caps. While Nashville has like a tougher road ahead, and I think that's going to weigh on them. And you're definitely going to see that in the finals. So got to give it to the Lightning here. Sorry, Preds fans. That's refreshing because I'm picking the Preds to win it all too. And I, we, we, no. <laughs> thank goodness for you, Anna. I know. Uh, I'm going to go just be, look, my brackets are always terrible. Although I did win an NCAA tournament bracket this year for the first time since 1994. Half of the pool was kids in you, my family. But still, I won. You I UMBC. won. Yeah. Ganging up on children. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> And my daughter, by the way, wanted to pick UMBC against uh, Virginia, and I talked her out of it. Ter- terrible oh, parenting. Man. Terrible parenting. Great parenting. Yeah. She's going to hold that against you forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but I'm going to go Capitals. Preds, Capitals, because it has to happen. No. Poyle, Trotz, Forsberg. Imagine all the fun we'll have. Marty oh, Rat, maybe. Right. No, he would show he up would and drop his hair. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I mean, personally, as many of you know, I would love that. I mean, that would be a great series. There's, the storylines write themselves. Uh, you know, watching, you know, Alex Ovechkin, you know, go head to head with this defense core and, you know, 
It, uh, it would be so good. That would be really I good. mean, the game uh, last week was phenomenal to watch just from a hockey perspective. But I don't know if my heart could take that, to be quite honest with you. I'd, if if a big if the Capitals were ever to go to a Stanley Cup final, I'd like to like sit down and sort of enjoy it, let alone like having to actually like write stuff and follow along for work. Or just Oh, man, it would be so hard. Yeah. But, so you got the Preds being the Capitals, huh? Preds in seven. Oh. Ooh. Imagine. Imagine how fun that would be. The handshake line. The Predators win the Stanley Cup. Barry Trotz shaking the hands of some of it. Well, he's got a couple. He's got a couple former players. Well, he's got some few guys still. still. There. Yeah. So, yeah, it hasn't been that long. Okay, that's interesting. Where that? Well, those are our picks, and you can hold us to them. And then, uh, would you like to hear Buster's pick? It's yeah. A good one. yeah. Okay, Buster is going way off board here. He's got uh, the Caps and Sharks in the Stanley Cup Final, which is you know the proverbial hump either one of these teams have to get over because the Caps haven't even gotten to a conference final. The Sharks have fallen just short of their Stanley Cup final, and he has the Caps winning it all. Wow. So he's 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 going all in. You brainwashed your dog. I, you know, I was actually uh, thinking that he, I was actually thinking that he would pick the Caps to lose in the first round, just so that he wouldn't have to be around the house anymore when watching <laughs> playoff games, because he's not the biggest fan of those. <laughs> but all right, so that's all that we've got. Uh, Anna, Joe, Adam, thank you very much for uh, for jumping on. I'm sure that we will hopefully be having a lot more podcasts over the next couple of weeks uh, if the Preds can. Uh, meet their expectations and get back to the Stanley Cup final. Do you guys want to plug your Twitter handles and stuff like that before we go? Start with Anna because she's a new one here, so we got to get her on board and get the people following her on Twitter. You just want to see people yell at me at Twitter no. for picking the lightning. No. <laughs> but you can follow me at Anna, A N N A underscore Gallegos, G A L L E G O S. All right. At Joe Rexroad. At Adam Vingan. Self-explanatory. If you like Simpsons gifts, go to Adam Vingan. That's your guy. (laughs) There are other things I do, too. True. It's it's not just that. It's part of my brand. And uh, at Garcia 36 Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next week.